Exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot score! Jordan Everly set up by Taylor Hall. Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now... From the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers Radio. 6.30 Shed. Final score at Rexall Place tonight. The Anaheim Ducks dumping the Edmonton Oilers 5-3. A game that was tied 2-2 after 2. The Ducks take control in the third period. They hit an empty net a couple of times. And they walk out of town with the victory. The Oilers now halfway through their six-game homestand, and they are 1-1-1 one, one, and one so far on the stand for the season. The Oilers drop to 22-30-6. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Terry Peranich, real estate team, overtime open line coming to you from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. My name is Reed Wilkins. Rob Brown will join us momentarily. We want to hear from you as well. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. We'll be looking for a contestant to finish the play as well. The Oilers playing most of this game with five defensemen. Eric Griba injured in the first period and a shortened bench in the third period as well. Benoit Pouliot, despite getting a late goal, hardly played in the third period, took a couple of really bad penalties in this game, and uh, I'm sure Todd McClellan will comment on that. We're going to hear from him in, uh, well, very quickly, actually, as uh, the Oilers continue to struggle against this Ducks team. They, they beat them in overtime earlier in the season. Back on New Year's Eve, the Ducks came into town and were able to win one nothing. And, I mean, to me, this just is another game that just completely exposes the, the, the flaws in the Oilers' lineup. They don't play with enough detail in their game. Uh, they don't have enough depth in the lineup. And they're able to hang in there, but they're not able to win. We'll discuss those differences, but let's hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, courtesy of GCL Diesel, for all things Diesel. Todd, is that, I mean, obviously it's a frustrating result considering it was tied in the third, but where do you think you guys lost it? Um... Well, we we didn't check well on the on a couple of the goals, and uh, that obviously cost us. Um, you know, there was a call made in the game that I completely completely disagree with, but uh, that didn't help us either. What explanation did they give you? Because usually, if a guy pushes a stick on the goalie's pad across the crease, usually they blow that one off. What was their explanation? Uh, apparently, it wasn't covered up. There's a referee in the corner that uh, explained to me the puck was still rattling around in his arms and. We pushed the player in, so cool. Obviously, I disagree with it, but yeah, dumb penalties. He didn't get to play very much. It's not rare for our team right now. We just addressed it yesterday, and it's unacceptable. We can't keep marching to the frickin' penalty box time and time again because of those penalties. We slash a guy's stick out of his hands early, and then we reach in the in the third. Doesn't work that way. Want to throw a yak into the conversation now? Yeah, well, he gets to take the ice time that I took away from Pooh, and not a lot of success there either. It's like you're—I mean, there's opportunity there for guys. It's just a matter of some guys keeping. Oh boy, it was—it was on a plate today for a couple of them. Couldn't tee it up any better. Uh, drive up. 
Yeah, yeah he's, uh, you know, he'll be day to day. I think we'll evaluate him in the morning, but obviously he's a pretty tough, tough customer. And if he couldn't come back, uh, it probably wasn't a, a good sign. There was a blow in that game. It's the longest game I've ever been part of. Yep. Any thoughts on the entertainment value? <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it was a long night. It was, it mentally tested us to stay with it. I thought our guys did not a bad job. Um, you know, and their team did too. Their team's a much more mature group than ours. It prob- some may have experienced that, but uh, our guys actually stuck through it mentally uh, fairly good. It wasn't ideal. If you're a five-minute player or a 20-minute player, it's, it's not ideal. You talked earlier this morning about all the dry cell getting back to kind of doing things that they've done before. They had one of their best games in a while. Yeah. Outside of, I guess, maybe the turnover and the that goal. But overall, what did you feel they did better? Well, I thought they were, first of all, I thought they were responsible defensively. I thought they played in straight lines better. I thought they got rid of uh, some of the fancy stuff and just got pucks to the net. Leon coming down and shooting, not pulling up. Taylor scoring on a rebound. Uh, They were dangerous the whole night. So um, maybe they'll get some confidence and they've found a recipe again that allows them to have success. How important is it? For Lee, like, because the center, did you find a center can drive a line more at times? Like, obviously to get all three going is great, but he can maybe be the catalyst being the middle guy. Yeah, um, that's usually the way it is. I think in in um, in that case, in that particular case, if you're talking about Leon and and Taylor, I think Taylor's the driving force on that line. It's a lot to ask of Leon right now, uh, just as it is for for Connor. So we're uh, we're putting a 19 and a 20 year old in. Uh, in tough situations, but I think they're handling it quite well. And for us to expect them to be uh, two or three point night guys all the time, our third line center, our fourth line center, our wingers have to uh, provide some type of run support at some point and take a little heat off those guys as well offensively. I thought it was a, a hard night for him, and I'm glad that he got to experience that. I talked about that this morning. Connor and Leon and a lot of our guys that haven't played in the playoffs. That's how it is. Line matching, grinding, uh, in your face, uh, battles all over the rink. I thought we played that team well tonight. All right, that's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. The Oilers lose 5-3 to the Anaheim Ducks along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Uh, I mean, you know, again, uh, a very blunt assessment of the game. I, I think we want to talk about the, the David Perron goal but I don't want to focus on that off the top, Rob, because that is not why why the Oilers lost the game. Uh, very critical of Benoit Pouliot and his two penalties, and then very critical of Yakupov and other guys who he didn't name who said there was opportunity teed up for p- people tonight to get ice time to play more, and most of those guys dropped the ball. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll start with the penalties. Uh, there's always going to be players that take a bad penalty now and again. And... Uh, for the most part, over the course of the season, Todd McClellan has accepted the penalty, had conversations, but not taken ice time away. But when the penalties become uh, consistent, when it's over and over and it's the same mistake made, penalties that don't need to be taken against a good hockey club in a close hockey game, you eventually got to have uh, a breaking point. And Todd McClellan had that tonight. Benoit Pouliot was benched, and rightfully so. Uh, you just... It is something that we've seen for a couple of years with Benoit Pouliot, taking penalties at the opposite end of the rink at ill-advised times, and it's cost this team. This team is too fragile. It's not good enough to overcome 
uh, selfish penalties. As for Yakupov, uh, he, he did get the opportunity, and that was the one he was waiting for. He's playing on the hottest line on the team, one of the best lines in the league, playing with McDavid and Everly. And the, the one thing that we've said over and over, the reason that Neil Yakupov doesn't get top six minutes, it's what he does when he doesn't have the puck. It's the defensive lapses. It's not knowing what to do. And on the goal against, he had the opportunity to get the puck out, and he didn't get out, and it happens. But then he compounded that by the fact that he didn't grab his man, and his man beat him to the net. And you just can't have that. If you're playing on the best line, you've got to play well. So he had the opportunity, and it didn't go well for him. And, and he eventually saw the bench and eventually had less ice time. And then because of Bouliot and Yakov both being in the, the doghouse, there was an audition. Right for for the remainder of the game, and no one grabbed it for for the Oilers. And but I do agree with Todd McClellan. I thought the Oilers played well. They did. They this was a much better effort than they had in the last two games on home ice. It was against a very good team, if not the hottest team in the NHL. I don't know who is. These this team is good, and the Oilers played them to a standstill, other than a couple mental mistakes. The the, the physical play was there. The 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 effort was there. Uh, their stars stepped up tonight with goals from Dreisaitl, goals from Hall. But mental mistakes cost them tonight, and the Anaheim Ducks are just a little bit better, and they don't make those kind of mistakes that cost them. Those uh, line auditions and the limited ice time at times for Pouliot and Yakupov are adjustment of the game. For Alberta's chiropractors, life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Ducks over the Oilers 5-3. We'll start the phone calls tonight, and we're also going to play, finish the play with Barry. Barry, first of all, give us your thought on the game, man. Pardon me? We're going to play, finish the play with you, but first of all, give us your thought on the game. Oh, another frustrating one. Yeah, for sure. Pretty good effort. Yakupov got all the skill in the world, but he just doesn't think the game well. He just just does not. And Pouliot, does he have a no trade? I don't believe he does. So I'm thinking there could be a few teams wanting him. I don't mind him, but if you could package him and Yakupov, I think you can get something good back in return. Because Yakupov's still young, so you're going to get a little bit for him. I, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot if you package the two of them. I really don't. Well, maybe a third, third player in there. Yeah, Pouliot, the thing is, Pouliot has three years left on his contract after this year. There's a lot of teams. His cap hit isn't too, too bad. And, and Four million. Yeah, it's not, that's not bad for the next three years. But uh, I don't know. He just, he just takes those bad penalties every time, man. It's frustrating to watch. Yeah, well, tonight's, I mean, I mean these two tonight reminded me of the one he took last year against Detroit. Boy, if they had a lot of them had the heart and the drive of Pacarinen, he, he's a little spark plug. I like him. Yeah, Pacarinen's uh, been okay. I mean, he doesn't doesn't finish a lot, but he, he's no, become he's not a pretty a decent forechecker. For yeah, sure. good good effort all the time with him. Barry, let's finish the play, buddy. Just for taking part, you get a hundred bucks to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. You qualify for the grand prize draw. $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Love your ride with Integra Tire in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, and Stony Plain. Let's see what Matthew Panashik has cooked up tonight. Schultz kind of powered off the puck by Garbutt. And loose at center ice. Getting back into the play was Korpakoski. Dreisaitl, wrist shot! Dreisaitl, wrist shot. Goal or no goal? No goal. No, 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 no. See? Change, change, change your mind. Change well, Rob mind. Brown's telling you to change goal, your mind. Goal. Well, I put the... <laughs> You're fooling me. Okay, I'll say goal. Schultz kind of powered off the puck by Garbutt. 
And loose in center ice. Getting back into the play was Korpakoski. Dry side a reach out score. Off the rush. Freddie Anderson had it go five hole on him. There it is. Bear you in. I thought it was a different one. Thanks. Great. Thanks a lot. Rob Brown's a helpful young man. <laughs> How to go, Rob Brown? Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The Oilers. The Oilers get three tonight. That means a $150 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 50 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long. You can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630ched.com. Hall and Dreisaitl both scoring tonight. Hall snapping a 10-game drought without a goal. Did you say we have Darcy on the line, Matthew? All right, we'll bring in Darcy right now on line two. Darcy, thanks for calling. Yeah, no worries. I uh, wanted to talk about Hendricks. Uh, before the game, you guys interviewed him, and uh, he was talking about his face-off percentage dropping a little bit there. Okay, yeah, Jack interviewed him for sure, yep. Yeah, and uh, it's it's down at like 58%. So this is the kind of guy who who's, what, best on the Oilers. I know he doesn't take a lot of face-offs, but he's at the top of the heap, and he's still complaining that, you know, he could do better and it's sliding down. I think that that shows the type of guy he is. No matter how uh, how well he's doing, he's always looking to improve his game. Uh, I'm thinking that a lot of the other guys on the team can can uh, take a, a look at him and try and emulate him. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's a great example. I know the one thing, Rob, you and I always go back to is when he was first traded to. I, I he traded here. I can't remember the exact line, but he but he said something. I, I'm the type of guy. I'm a couple bad games from spending the rest of my career in the American Hockey League, and he decided that's not where he wants to play. Well, he's a guy that's appreciative of what he where he is, understands what his role is, understands there's always going to be someone younger, bigger, stronger that's going to be pushing for him. That if he doesn't continue to improve and get better each and every time he steps on the ice, that he will find himself out of the league. Uh, and you got to give him credit because he uh, he understands his role and he does it to a T. And when he, he feels that things are sliding. He'll go out and fix it. So his, his effort level is never going to be questioned. His dedication, his gamemanship, all those things, he's very, very good at. And he's the type of guy that is, whether he has a, a letter on his shirt or not, is going to be a leader in that dressing room. Tonight, Hendricks took four face-offs. He won two of them. Leon Dreisaitl went 6 for 14 for 43%. Lander went 5 for 7 for 71%. Latestu went 14 for 20 for 70%, and McDavid went 3 for 11 for 27%. The Oilers 52% in the dot as a team tonight, but they don't get the goals. They lose 5-3 to the Anaheim Ducks. You can reach us, 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 636-30. Former Oiler David Perron got a goal tonight. It was a controversial one. Here's Perron, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Pretty good road game by you guys, I guess. Uh, just to, just give us your thoughts on it, sir. Yeah, I think in the end we just happy we leave with two points. Uh, to be honest, uh, it was kind of a weird game. Obviously, the review it was long, and then the time clock. I don't know what happened. Then the goalie got changed his pad or whatever it was. It was kind of we couldn't get into a rhythm and um, a little bit frustrating on the bench when you sit that much and feel like you you got to try and warm up again every every other shift. So. Uh, that's why uh, we're just happy. We'll take the two points, move on, and uh, in the end, they're huge points for us. You, your, your goal, you made a pretty good save on you, and then you just going to chase yeah. the rebound? Is that- I, I was impressed with that save. I thought for sure it was going to go in 5-0. Um, and then, 
just kind of got pushed in a little bit. And I, I honestly didn't know I scored until I saw Perry kind of celebrate. I was behind the net. I just kind of looked and I saw a puck in the net. And uh, I'm sure the Oilers fans aren't happy about that call. But I, I think it's, it was the right call in the end. Uh, just because I was, I was kind of a little bit pushed in there. What were you thinking during during that review? I mean, what were you? Well, I was I was happy when they first uh, announced it because I thought they were looking at the iPads already. The, I thought they challenged right away, and then uh, all it was if I kicked it in, and I don't even know if I if I touched the puck. To be honest with you, I just kind of fell forward, and as I got pushed in a little bit, and um, tried to escape, and uh, it went in. So I'll certainly take it. Great. That's Scott Johnson working in the Ducks dressing room, David Prawn. So let's let's talk about that goal, Rob, because it was an interesting situation. Uh, 19.08 of the first period, the official time. Perron is stopped by Talbot. Talbot looked to me to have the puck covered. There was contact between Davidson and Perron. I, I'm wondering if Perron would have gone down anyway. He collides with Talbot and the puck squirts loose and goes into the net. Well... Upstairs, uh, Bob, Jack, and I, during the game, we discussed it and what we thought. Both Bob and I said it would be a goal. We both agreed that it would uh, stand as a goal. We also, I also said that I believe that Perron knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, there was contact with Davidson, and I think that my guess, not having uh, inside knowledge of what the referees think, and my guess is they were thinking he was pushed in, but knowing Perron, and seeing him play and knowing the type of player he is and, and good on him, I'm, I'm absolutely positive that he did everything he could, do, could to make sure that puck continued to propel in, which includes, uh, I believe it was his foot that eventually came in in contact with the arm of Talbot and, and propelled the puck into the net. So I said it was going to be a goal, but I also believe in my heart that Perron knew exactly what he was doing as he was falling down to the ice. Well, I also believe Talbot had the puck long enough for the whistle to have gone. I, I was I was surprised that the the I mean normally we see quick whistles a lot of the time, um, especially when a referee believes he can't see anything anymore. So I I I, I, I thought the puck was covered. Um, I don't know if his angle from behind the net if he had a little better angle where he could see some pucks showing. Uh, in, in, my, in my estimation, it, it should have been blown, but it wasn't. And once the puck went in the net, I thought it was a good goal. All right. The Ducks go on to win at 5-3 over the Oilers. Plenty more to talk about. Brian is going to be our next caller on the open line, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Quick break for the 1030 News and Weather. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranish Team Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Still no score. Shots are 8-5 Edmonton. Santarelli bursting down the right wing. Cross ice. One-timer. What a save made by Talbot. Best save of the night as he robbed David Perron. Yeah, that was a beauty leg save by... Talbot Perron scored the opening goal shortly after, though. Your save of the game for Armour Insurance working today to protect your tomorrow. Cam Talbot takes the loss. He stopped 26 of 29 pucks. The Ducks scored twice into an empty net in the final minute and a half, and they beat the Edmonton Oilers 5-3. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You can reach us, 780-496-0063. We have Brian on the line. Brian, thanks for standing by. What's on your mind tonight? Guys, how's it going? Good. 
That's good. Rob, I'm going to pump your tires a little bit and say good on you for uh, making note and recognizing how good the Anaheim Ducks have become. I know the record in the beginning half of the season doesn't reflect of how good of a team they are and how well we played against them tonight. And I think that's going to get lost on a lot of the fans because I think the Oilers of even a few years ago wouldn't even be in the same ballpark with this team. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, good point. Uh, Anaheim is a very good hockey club, and the Edmonton Oilers, I thought, played them very well tonight. I thought it was a good hockey game, but just a couple mistakes, mental mistakes, cost the Edmonton Oilers. And I think they, uh, the Oilers really missed Zach Cassian from the lineup today. I think he would have brought a little bit of a spark, a little bit of an edge, and with them, uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, the, the the one thing that we've talked about for well for a couple of years here, the Oilers miss uh, they need they miss grit on their th- third and fourth lines, and they miss size with grit. They miss, they miss someone that plays nasty, and Cassian, uh, I don't think has been completely consistent enough with that. But when he brings it, it is something that the Oilers desperately need. And when you play against the bigger teams, the LA's, the San Jose's, the the Anaheim's, you need someone that's big and nasty, and Cassian can bring that. And what Kessler does to McDavid and Dreisaitl and those players, Cassian can go back and do that to the Getzlaffs and the Perrys of, of the Anaheim Ducks. No, exactly. And, yeah, I agree with you. Braun's a little slimy, so. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, thanks a lot for calling. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. Connor McDavid earned an assist tonight for the Oilers in the 5-3 loss to Anaheim. He's standing by courtesy of GCL Diesel for all things diesel. Yeah, I mean, obviously when you're 2-2 uh, two, two in the third, you want to put in a better effort than that. Um, you know, I thought we played you know, a very good game, and, and like you said, we hung in there with them all night, but you know, got to learn how to win those games as well. Just for yourself, going up against uh, Ryan Kessler, what kind of challenges does that present? Yeah, obviously he's a, a great player, and you know, that's what he's paid to do is, is uh, you know, be that kind of guy, and um, you know, he's tough to play against, and uh, you know, good in face-offs, and you know, good all around the ice. So. Is it hard to take positive away from that game? I mean, another another tough loss, but you guys do some good things. So I guess, how do you look at it when you go into tomorrow? Yeah, you gotta take some positives. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, like you know, everyone keeps saying, we, we did play a pretty good game. Uh, you know, we did hang in there with them, but um, you know, eventually we gotta start learning how to win those kind of games. And um, maybe look at the number of one goal games we've we've had and um, you know, empty night. Empty net games as well. I think well, it's well over 50%. So um, you know, it's kind of frustrating not being able to close out those ones. But um, you know, they're a good team, and um, you know, that's why they win. Read that's Connor McDavid. All right, that's Brendan Ulrich interviewing Connor McDavid as the Oilers lose 5-3 to the Ducks. And well, I mean, yeah, that's the the Ducks. That <laughs> here's the thing. We and we saw this on on New Year's Eve as well. And and that was around the time the Ducks were really starting to ramp it up once they came out of the, the little Christmas break. And the Ducks, to me, Rob, are totally comfortable when the score mm-hmm. is tied. Or even, or maybe even being down a goal, which I know they weren't tonight. But to me, they are just such a patient team. Just such a – we're not going to force anything. We're always going to make the responsible play. And worst-case scenario, if we're playing a team – that is willing to do that, okay, maybe we'll go to overtime. Well, when you've had success, it's easy to fall back on, okay, you know what, we've been here before. 
We've we've seen what's happened at this situation. We we know what to do. We know that if we've been if we're down in the third period, we've got guys that can put the puck in the net. Let's stay with our system because our system has worked before for us. Uh, uh, they also have the advantage they've they've got good goaltending. They got uh, a nice defense. Guys that a can can play good in their own zone but also B, can get the puck and quickly transition into the offensive zone. And when you've got players like Getzlaff and Perry and Raquel uh, and Kessler, uh, you want those guys to have the puck in their hands and their defensemen do a great job getting it to them and also jumping into the play. Now the, even when a defenseman jumps in the play and doesn't get the puck, he creates space. If he goes through the middle, now a defenseman has to turn and take him. Someone else is open. So they did a good job tonight. And then a wonderful goal that the... the Anaheim Ducks scored tonight the Lindholm one. A D-man jumping up in the play, give and go, going to the net. That's something that we don't see enough with from the Oilers. But it just takes so much pressure off the, the forwards when you've always got a guy that's jumping and making it a three-on-two, making it a four-on-three. And the Anaheim Ducks have a number of guys that are able to do that. 5-3 the final in favor of Anaheim. They are 10-1-1 in their last 12 games. 780-496-0063. We have JP on the line. Hey, JP, thanks for calling. Hello, you guys. Thank you for taking me call. Uh, let's get right into it. I'm going to get too fired up again. But I'll tell you right now, Pouliot, this guy tonight, when he got pasted against the boards, every person know. you know what, no one likes get a hit. But you know what, you take a look back, you go, okay, it's this rat, it's a rat, but Barry, number 10, I get him back later. But no, the Pouliot, I'm going to take a stupid penalty, get two minutes. This guy this guy needs to take a night off on the Thursday night and eat some popcorn in the rafter and just watch the game. Because this type of attitude is just disgusting. And he's getting paid well. This guy's getting paid well to go around and trip and hack his stick. He's absolutely disgusting. But the worst part is everyone go, oh, hey, JP, you must be a huge fan. He's a fresh man. No, I'm not a huge fan of this guy. How could you be a huge fan of this? It's an absolute disgrace, in my opinion. He need to sit down on Thursday up in the rafter and eat the popcorn. Thank you, guys. JP, thanks a lot for calling. Well, there's no doubt frustration about Puglia tonight. Here's the thing about, about the Oilers, everybody. They don't have a lot of guys who can fill in. If Todd McClellan wanted to bench somebody or give him a night off, there aren't a lot of options. I mean, all the healthy forwards they have played tonight because Cassian was yeah. out with an illness. And I mean, if Cassian's healthy for Thursday, then it's if you want Pouliot out, it's Lander that's in the lineup, right. unless they bring someone up from the minors. But uh, to me, I thought Todd McClellan handled it well tonight. Pouliot only played ten minutes. Yakupov, who who struggled tonight, he only played ten minutes. Messages are being sent by taking ice time away. Uh, if this team wants to turn the corner and become a legitimate playoff team wants to become a contender, they've got to do the little things. And little things are being smart, not taking silly penalties, not turning the puck over, not losing your man, not getting frustrated. Uh, it's easier said than done, but the better teams have found a way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Just want to catch up on a couple of text messages here. Trent from up north says, I counted at least two or three times. The refs didn't give the Oilers a break. A few weak calls on the Oilers also. Kessler needs to hold his stick a little tighter. Uh, that one specific call was weak. As for Pouliot, I would buy him out or give him to anyone who will take his contract. That is from Trent from up north. And Zach says, uh, I don't disagree with any of your comments so far, but I do want to say 
The referees were horrible tonight. Hall was absolutely mugged on one play, no call. That was a weird one in the second period. We, you know, we t- Rob, you and I talked about the slashing penalties before the game. Well, mm-hmm. Pouliot slashes Kessler's stick out of his hand. Trent from up north, i got to say that was a penalty. Yeah. The refs are going to find that. And the stick went like 10 feet, 15 yeah. feet. I, mean, I know Kessler only had one hand on it, but the refs are looking. That's yes. a retaliation call. Hall slashed Perry's stick out of his hand. Yes. Often that is called. It wasn't. But and then but then Perry put Hall into some kind of Greco-Roman wrestling hold. But Hall had grabbed Perry around the waist at the same time, so they they weren't going to call. I mean, there were some silly calls. There was early in the game, Edmonton gets a too many men. Twice, Anaheim Ducks had too many men where the puck went by their bench, and there was no call. They they either one could have been a call. But then in the third period, the Anaheim Ducks are on a rush, and the Oilers get caught. With too many men on the ice, and Sekiro, who came off the bench, actually plays the guy when they had too many men on the ice, and the, the referees didn't make a call there. Uh, wasn't a great ref game, but I don't believe the refing had anything to do with the outcome of this hockey game. I think that I agree. at the end of the night, the better team in the game won the hockey yeah, game. There are calls worth talking about, yes. and Rob, that's how we try to handle mm-hmm. it. If there's a bizarre call or a controversial call, but definitely the better team won the game regardless of the calls this evening. All right, Bruce Boudreau is the winning coach. Here he is, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Uh, how much uh, was tonight um, as much of a mental test for you guys as, as much as the physical? Well, I think it was both. I mean, it's the fatigue of the trip is uh, uh, doesn't make you as sharp. You know, just every day moving to a different hotel and that. And I, th- I mean, I think they're getting their rest and they're eating properly, so the the physical part isn't as bad. But the mental fatigue after 12 days on the road is it starts to catch up to you a little bit. You think this team now, though, just even mentally, it's just at a point where they can handle now challenges like this or just even various different challenges now? You think- I think the last couple of times we've been tied in the second and and they've been able to step it up a little bit and, and get get enough for the win. And, and and when you can do that, that's a, that's a real positive sign going forward, I think, you know, because um, we couldn't do that at the beginning. I mean, once the team got a goal lead on us, we were we weren't very good. Big goal there from Hampus there. Uh, he and Ricky are roommates. I don't know if that factors at all into uh, finding I don't know, <laughs> but it looked at that moment. It, you there. know what? Uh, Hampus has been told to, you know, to, to rush the puck more and to go to the go to the net more, and that's what happens when he does. I mean, he give and goes, and and it's a perfect play. Um, just you guys seem to keep kept that defensive structure that was. That you had in the first now, but now you're just getting the the, the goal support that makes. Is that really that's pretty well what it is? When yeah. we're playing good, we're still keeping our structure. I mean, um, I, I thought we did a pretty good job five on five tonight, you know, and uh, of not letting you know with their speed and everything. We I think Kessler's line did a really good job on McDavid's line, and so I mean it's. Uh, it's it's not only structure; it's communicating. They're doing a good job of talking and changing. It's really hard on the road to match, and and those the guys that are on the ice, even if they're only on for five seconds, know who they're playing against, and and they come off, which is a really good team sign. Bruce, just going into the final game here. I mean, you know, the final games of, of, of long road trips, and I've dealt with them before. What's the challenge there, um, you know, going into it and, you know, the possibility of making this, um, you know, an even greater trip? 
Um, you know, well, I, I think I think it uh, it'll be easy to motivate them for that. So I mean, uh, they know they're 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 going home soon. They only got to sleep in a hotel for two more nights. So I think uh, with a day off tomorrow, they'll have lots of energy for Thursday. You'd be with the combat fatigue. I'm hoping. Yeah, I think so. All right, that's Bruce Boudreaux. Scott Johnson working the Anaheim dressing room for us tonight as the Ducks knock off the Oilers 5-3. No Japanese Village goal light tonight. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. When it happens, you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations downtown, south side, and north side. All right, phone lines are open, 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team Overtime Open Line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Final score, Ducks 5, Oilers 3. Ducks led most of the game. The Oilers tied it up 1-1 and 2-2. It was 2-2 after 2. Hampus Lindholm Got a big goal, 5.35 into the third period. The Ducks got an empty netter, then the Oilers scored, then the Ducks got another empty netter. Lindholm is your first star tonight. Hall and Dreisaitl selected in the building as the second stars. They both were able to score tonight. Our fourth star for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price. Check out maauctions.com. I'm going to go with Andre Sekra. I thought he had a strong game tonight. He led all Oilers with 24 minutes playing time. Actually led everybody in the game with 24 minutes. Had an assist on the third goal when it looked like the game was over. All of a sudden he throws the puck on net, goes off someone's head and into the net. But I thought Sekra was solid. All the defensemen for the Oilers had to play extra minutes tonight. Eric Griba, he left early in the hockey game. He only played seven minutes in the game. The five other defensemen had to suck it up, and I thought Andre Sacro was uh, very solid. Looked like a leg injury for Griba. We uh, might know more on him tomorrow. Cam Talbot takes the loss. Frederick Anderson is your winning goaltender. Uh, we're also going to name our home ice hero for ATB Financial. Know someone whose quiet hard work makes hockey happen in your community. Nominate them for ATB's home ice hero award at atb.com slash home ice. Uh, I'll give it to Brandon Davidson who I thought played another solid game. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually wound up even. Played 20 and a half minutes, and he continues to be rounding into form as just a pretty solid defenseman. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Sorry, Rob, I cut no, you off. No, okay, no. I didn't. Uh, three points, Dave is on the line. Three PD. Thanks for calling tonight. Hey, Reed. Hey, Rob. How's it going, guys? Doing well. Okay. Obviously, you guys will agree. Pretty frustrating game tonight. Um, I've only got a couple of points tonight. Uh, one of them is Todd McClellan. Um, all over again, I'm saying, oh, fire the coach, this and that about the coach. I mean, the guy's, pardon my language, guys, but he sounded pretty pissed off tonight listening to 630 Chad. Uh, he sounded pretty livid. And I, I like that from our coach. I like the emotion in his voice, and I like the fire and passion. And just his, just Todd, I, like, he's been a coach in the league for what, uh, Reed, eight years? Like a head coach? Uh, yes. Yeah, and I mean, and even eight years after being in the league for that long and he still wants to get better every day and you can just feel it in his voice when he's speaking i mean fans need to get need to get over it he's not going anywhere shirelli's not going anywhere my second point tonight 
Uh, it's going to be a negative point, but I mean, it's basically reality with the state of our roster and it just simply not being good enough. I don't see us getting out of the top three, guys, as far as the draft goes. Um, I don't, like, we have 24 games left. Quite frankly, we'll be lucky to win 10. I don't even think we're going to win 10 of, of our last 24. Um, we might get close to 26, 27 wins on the year, but that, that's honestly as far as I think we're going to get. And then at the, at the draft, we need to trade that pick. I don't – like, Patrick Laney sounds kind of all right, but I still – I would rather trade the pick. Um, Pouliot, I, I don't know what we'll get for him, and quite frankly, I don't really care at this point. Um, do a salary retain, get him out of town. Yakubov had a tough night. I'm a huge Yak fan, but he had a tough night tonight. Uh, maybe I can either change the scenery or something. I don't know. But um, with the team being top, the team's going to be top three in the draft. I, I can just see it coming. See, see it coming, excuse me. Um, yeah, and then Shirley will make moves. Have a good night, guys. All right, Dave. Thanks a lot for calling. Some text to 630. 630 Oil Fan Forever says, as a fan, I'm almost at the point I can't watch anymore. If I feel like that, imagine the players' frustration. Why won't Shirelli do something? Enough is enough. McClellan needs help. The players need help. Schultz and Yakupov have to go. Pouliot has to smarten up. The bottom six need improvement too. And Nathaniel writes, Justin Schultz has to show more intensity in his game. It's almost as if he doesn't care. He just wants to come to the rink, play the game, and get it over with. Well, we, we've talked, you and I, from day one, that we felt that this Oiler lineup was not strong enough. We we felt that Peter Shirelli had to make some significant moves for it to be a playoff team, but we also agreed that those significant moves would come at season's end. Um, there, It's tough to, to, to make a lot of moves during the season. You want to see what you have. You want to analyze what you have and then go into the off season with, uh, okay, here is our plan. Let's go after it. The, the fans that want certain players gone if if the if the fans want those players gone so badly because they don't feel that they can play at this level or they can't contribute well there's 29 other teams around the league that don't want those players so you're the players that you just the fans out there saying we got to get rid of this guy today well it's really hard to get rid of that guy today because nobody else wants that guy there's a reason that the the fans here are upset with certain players so it's it's not easy moving players that are struggling on the third or the 29th best team in the National Hockey League. I mean, this is if if it's a bad player on a bad team, wh- what's the selling point to the team you're trying to play trade a player to? So it, it's the Oilers are not in any position of power when it comes to making a trade. I believe there will be moves, but I believe the most moves will happen in the offseason. I think there'll be some tinkering at the deadline, and that's just players that are contracts are expiring or players that other teams might want just for a playoff type run but I don't believe anything huge is going to happen until season's end. I think personal and Schultz will be traded before the deadline. Yeah and that would just be tinkering. 780-496-0063 Rob and I are in the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Terry Peranich real estate team presenting overtime open line. Ducks beat the Oilers 5-3. More still ahead. We're back after the 11 o'clock news. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 
Thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 11.04. The Anaheim Ducks knock off the Edmonton Oilers 5-3 tonight. The Oilers goal scorers Hall, Dreisaitl, and Pouliot for the Ducks. Cogliano, Perry, Silverberg, Lindholm, and Perron. The Ducks go one for four on the power play. The Oilers go two for four. Cam Talbot takes the loss. Frederick Anderson gets the win. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Our face-off trivia question was a beauty tonight, Rob Brown. Okay. Who is the only Oiler, only Oiler to ever get a hat trick against the Anaheim Ducks? <laughs> Kelly Buckberger. February of 1999, Alexander Selivanov. Matthew, the winner, he gets 50 bucks to Panda Hut Express. He qualifies for the grand prize draw, a $1,000 gift certificate to Skier's Sports Shop, Edmonton's number one choice for skis and snowboards. You could, there have, you, go. you could have given me 1,000 guesses, and I would not have got that right. Well, And my... you could have given me the initials, <laughs> and I would not have got that right. 7804960063. We have Jordan on the line. Jordan, thanks for calling. Good to hear from you. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Doing well. Hey, I just had a kind of a observation here. Just felt like, first of all, this was an utterly winnable game, and I, I don't want to like pin it on coaching or any individual player. I think, and I you know I play recreational hockey, and I know when you have sometimes three D show up or just four, and they're down to five, like throughout your pairs you're used to, and that that can have a huge effect. So, but I don't want to get too much on the minutia of it. But I feel like it was a winnable game. But broadly speaking, with where we're at, like to say that we're still in these winnable games against one of the hottest teams in the West that's pushing for first in the division here. Like, we're not that far off, so I don't feel like even though I was there and I follow the team closely that it's like we need to burn the house down. I feel like ultimately is it not, Rob, like a matter of game experience? We talk about defensemen getting that 200 mark. What about forwards? What about the mix of players and chemistry? Like, is it not more about the experience in these close games that gets you over the edge other than just purely skill? It, true. Experience is huge. It, it's something they can fall back on during games. Well, I've been here before. I don't need to panic here because we've done this before. Um, I don't. They they were close in this game, but I don't think they're close yet to being where they need to get. I mean, they're they're 29th in the league, and they had a good game tonight against Anaheim, but against a, a, an average team, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, a below average team. They, they did not play well against them. And against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are the worst team in the league, the first period, if it was anyone but Toronto, they would have been down 4-1. That's the problem. It's, the, the Oilers have the ability, when everything's going right, to be in these games, but they don't have the consistency. And if you don't have the consistency, that probably means you don't have the right makeup yet as the team. They've got a good core. They've got a good base. They've got to add to it. And I think what you saw tonight, an Anaheim team, that is surging in the standings, you look at their back end and how strong it is and how well they move the puck and how they jump into the play. The Oilers don't have that. And that's how the Oilers want to be built because they've got a Hall and an Everly and a, a Nugent Hopkins and a Dreisaitl and a Connor McDavid, guys that are very good offensive players. They need that kind of compliment from the back end. So this is a team I think will probably see seven people minimum new next year. And then they're going to start taking the direct, going in the direction they need to go. But they were close in this game. But on the, the the basis of the entire season, this team has still got a long ways to go. Yeah, and then there's still a team, Jordan, that they have too many ways to lose a game. I mean, every team has a weakness. Even the best teams in the league have a weakness. And when they lose 
things that go go wrong. The the Oilers still have have too many weaknesses, and I think Rob said it right. It it it's. I mean, if they had won their previous three games and then lose to the Anaheim Ducks, you'd say, okay, well, it was bound to happen, and Anaheim's a really good team. But they lost to the Jets. They lost to New Jersey. They lost to Montreal. They lost to the New York Islanders. I mean, the, the, the losses aren't isolated things. There are still too many weaknesses on the team that continually come back to bite them. And I guess my question for you, Jordan, would be, do you think it is players who are playing to their potential, but their potential just isn't good enough? Or is it players who are continually underperforming? That's that's I, the question Shirelli has I to answer. I think it's a mix of both. And to be honest, like, you know, I <laughs> I love Ferentz. Like, I, I followed him even since before he got traded or we signed him. Um, you know, and then you look at McKeaton. And those two players, I mean, you're talking, I mean, probably north of 7 or $8 million in cap space. You know, and that all of a sudden, Davidson's playing into it and, and filling a gap and, and showing some good depth. But but ultimately, like I think, yeah, it's the roster for sure. But it, it's misplaced experience. We have players that are have experience that are on the twenty three man or the the cap hit that aren't contributing at all for whatever reason. And I think that's management and, and a whole bunch of issues. But I feel like you know, it's not a seven player difference. It's like one or two key pieces. Clefbaum not being hurt. Uh, top six mostly being healthy and one or two key pieces away from these players in a year from now having the experience to win these one-goal games. How many other teams are losing this many one-goal games? I don't know if they track that or not, but it feels like we have our more than our fair share that we're losing by a goal or an empty net. Well, they, they do track it, and Reed's going to try and find it, but I, I, I still I, I disagree. I, 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 you, you made a great point with the fact that the, the guys with the, the veterans, with the experience – are not contributing because they're not in the lineup. So you've got young players that are in there learning, and that's that's going to take time. But I, this is not this team is not one or two players away from being a team capable of making the playoffs. This team is a long ways away, and it I I believe it's going to be seven players different when we come to training camp next year. I think there's going to be a, a lot of changeover, and Peter Shirelli's going to start putting more and more of his stamp on this team. It, it's this is and, and again it's not. It's as Reed pointed out. It's not like they won five and all. You lose Danheim. It's not like they're having an off season and they're just uh, you know a break or two away from having a good year. This is going to be ten straight years without making the playoffs. With and over the last few years, it's a lot of the same players. So at some point, you got to say, you know what? Maybe some bigger changes need to be made. Now there are some great things that are going on in Edmonton. There's some some very good hockey players, but they still. Are, are a number of key pieces away from being a team that's going to battle consistently for playoff positioning. And I, I believe they're going in the right direction. I believe they got the right GM. I believe they have the right coach. And they now have a, an incredible superstar to build around in Connor McDavid. But now they got to get the right pieces in. There's been too many times in the past that the right pieces weren't brought in at the right time yeah jordan thanks for calling and, and just looking up the one goal games I'll, I'll just do wins rob i won't worry about overtime points mm-hmm. the oilers have played 28 one goal games they've won 11 the washington capitals have played 24 one goal games they've won 17 toronto maple Leafs have played 26 one goal games they've won eight so i mean most games in the nhl are are decided by one or two goals. Most of them are. Yep. And 
it's it's it, and this is something I've been talking about most of the year uh, on Inside Sports is th- there is a fine line between winning and losing, mm-hmm. and and the good teams. I mean, I mean, you know what? To to use a, a football example, and Todd McClellan likes to use a lot of football comparisons. You know, I, I, before the Super Bowl, I was reading an article. Somebody said, "Well, the Panthers are going to blow out Denver because Denver." would have lost to Pittsburgh if Pittsburgh hadn't fumbled at the end of the game. And they easily could have lost to New England, because if New England would have got the two-point convert and gone to overtime, they, they probably would have won. But they didn't make, but they didn't make those plays. But Denver did, Denver did make the plays. So we can say tonight, okay, if, if whatever, if the Oilers would have converted that chance, or if Benoit Pouliot didn't take that penalty, they win the game. But they did make those mistakes, or Anaheim did make positive plays. And it's also, it's consistent season after season after season. The Anaheims always win one-goal games. The Chicago Blackhawks always win one-goal games, or are on the, 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 the better side of it most of the time. Whereas the teams that are at the bottom of the standings, they consistently lose them. And you got to remember, a lot of times when it's a one-goal game, that is not always a reflection of the game. A one-goal game sometimes is one team out shooting another team 42-15, to 15, and it's still a one-goal game, but the, the, the team that won had control of the hockey game. There's been a lot of one-goal games the others have been, been in. You did not think that they were going to win the hockey game. Now, they are getting better, and there has been improvement under Todd McClellan. And you're seeing some kids, some players start to rise up and starting to, to take ownership on their game. But they still have a ways to go, and they still need players coming in next season. They're going to help the players that they already have. Yeah, and they're still in 29th place. And yes. that's that's the, the bottom line. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people have said to us, Rob, well, well, they're better than last year. Okay, fine. Would this year's edition of the Oilers beat last year's edition of the Oilers? Probably. Yeah, yeah probably, but it doesn't matter. You're There's, not competing against no. past seasons. You're competing against how everybody is doing this season. And right now, the Oilers are only ahead of one team in the standings and quite frankly technically they aren't because the Leafs are a point behind and have played three fewer games so if you look at points percentage the the Oilers are again the worst worst team in the league is their record better than at this point last year yes if you put them in last year's standings they I think they'd be 26th or 25th but it doesn't matter are they relative to their competition this year they're still losing more than anybody else how much better are they than last year in the standings is it close what do you mean? Like, well, they finished twenty eighth. No, but year. I mean, where uh, this the records compared this year to last? Well, year? they're only two wins behind last year's total for the whole season. Yes, for the whole season. So I think we're going to get so it. So they'll, they'll they should win two of their final three of their final twenty twenty four games. But yeah, I, I mean, for and the thing is tonight, Rob, the first ten minutes of the third period to me was the best, the most control the Ducks had of the game, and and again to me there's that patience. And there's when there's a little crack in the door, barging through. Well, from experience, and I've been on both sides. I've been on very strong teams. I've been on teams that haven't been as strong. I can tell you from experience, in the dressing room after the second period, the Anaheim Ducks players knew they were going to win this hockey game. The Edmonton Oilers players were hoping they were going to win this hockey game because the Anaheim Ducks have been in this position many, many times, and they have won. The Edmonton Oilers have been in this position many, many times and unfortunately have been on the wrong side at the end of the night. So there's a different feeling coming out of the dressing room for the third period, and you could see it in the first 10 minutes. The Anaheim Ducks 
calm out there, completely in control, because they knew that this was their game. And the Oilers were, were, were searching, searching for someone to be able to do it for them because they were a team that was hoping they would win. The Ducks win at 5-3. Taylor Hall scored his 19th tonight. He leads the Oilers in goals. When we get back, you'll hear from him. In the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line. Is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team, Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now, from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, Radio. 630 Shed. Around here as well, the Ducks knock off the Edmonton Oilers 5-3. Taylor Hall scored tonight, first goal in 11 games, first point in six. Here's Hall. Yeah, I mean, non-empty net goals, that's a tie game, so... Uh, I thought we had a pretty good effort. It seemed like all lines contributed with uh, with four checks, with some with some good D zone play. Uh, our power play was pretty good tonight, so definitely some good things against a really good team. Team that can lock it down in the third, but a positive that you were able to generate some chances, and you did get a power play late as well. Yeah, it seemed like we were able to generate some chances without um, you know making high risk plays and. Um, sometimes against teams like that, we can give the puck away and turn it over in the, in the neutral zone. And tonight we, we uh, fought through that pretty well, so that's a good sign. Some weird stuff in that game with Dallas delay, like double review, and uh, time that was off and then back on. And... Yeah, it was uh, it was a weird game. And those are those are games where it's hard to keep your focus and and maintain some momentum. But um, that's hockey sometimes. I mean, even the TV timeouts uh, get pretty. Uh, you know, they they really help momentum in a game so you got to fight through that stuff I'm trying to make you spend money but do you does it take a lot to stay patient sometimes if you feel like you know you're not getting calls that you might like and I mean they're gonna make their calls and uh you know you just try and keep your composure and uh you know I, I thought we did a pretty good job of um just keeping our cool and, and playing the game for what it was Certainly, uh, it didn't seem like calls went our way tonight, but hey, we, we got two power play goals, so we can't complain that much. Read that, Taylor Hall. Work in the Oilers' room tonight as the Oilers lose 5-3 to the Anaheim Ducks. Rob, I just was showing you the <laughs> dive by Joseph. I referenced this on the face-off show. Joseph Blandisi of the Devils slashed. And <laughs> It looks like he was shot. Oh my goodness! Like he, t- the goal, like I said, he falls in the wrong direction, I, off the wrong. You leg. know what? I don't think it's the slash. I think they better check for a bullet hole. I think he was shot from someone in the stands, and they just haven't found that out yet. Well, you, it, I, you, it is funny. You it gotta is. have guts trying that, though. I'll give him credit for the attempt. He got a penalty. You know what? If he just, if he actually just falls, it, it probably because it was slash. It's probably it was a, a slash, penalty. Yeah. But <laughs> it is. If he just drops to one knee, like he he, he even lift he even brought the foot that didn't get hit off the <laughs> and ice, and then he arches his back as he's going down to the ice. That is classic. The German judge gave him a six point nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's eleven twenty three. The Oilers lose five three to the Ducks. Of course, you can get more Oilers coverage on the Oilers page on six thirty com. Our next broadcast will be. Thursday night, 5.30 face-off show. Game starts at 7. The Minnesota Wilder here. Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 9. Rob, my man, always a pleasure. Hey, it was good. It's going to be better on Thursday. 
Or what day is it? The today? Minnesota Wild in town. New new coach, Devin it, Dubnik, coming to town. Well, in there, I, I believe there's always a four or five game grace where the team gets a new coach. They got a little bit of excitement, a little bit of adrenaline. They want to show what they've got to their new coaching staff. So they usually play a little bit better. And we're going to see part of that when they come to town. Studio producer tonight, Matthew Panashik, the executive producer of Oilers Hockey on 630 Chet, is Sid Smith. 5-3, Ducks beat the Oilers. My name is Reed Wilkins in the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You've been listening to Terry Peranich Real Estate Team Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet.